We're on the journey, life after life. It seems impossible that it would just be this. It just seems, you know, like I, 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 I go towards saying like, yeah, this could be all there is. But then I, I something stops me because I'm just like, it just seems impossible. From those who seem to have experienced more and know more and my readings, it seems like we, we go on and we take different forms. I certainly think there is continuity of consciousness after life and that that consciousness then can take form in another life. I just think it's the continuation of energy. You know, I don't think from all, according to all the great masters, they just say it's like a change of clothes. <laughs> Welcome to Awaken, a podcast from the Rubin Museum of Art about the dynamic path to enlightenment and what it means to wake up. I'm singer and songwriter Falu. At the Rubin, a museum dedicated to art from the Himalayas, we believe art can nurture awakening. This season, we delve into the notion of life after, those big transitional moments throughout our lives that propel us into the unknown. We have gathered artists, writers, scientists, poets, Buddhist teachers, and others to explore the key events and characteristics of a human life, from birth to death and everything in between, as well as grapple with the ultimate mystery, the afterlife. Their stories offer insights on how to approach change with openness, even amid possible grief or joy, fear or excitement. And with art from the Rubin Museum as the connecting thread, we can make even better sense of those changes. Because art has the ability to wake us up to what is possible. Author and poet Michelle T. One thing that is sort of consoling is I, I do feel like, you know, either there is something and that's going to be very interesting. Might be hard, sure, but I don't believe in like hell or torment. You know, I don't believe it's a nightmare, you know, but there's something or there isn't and we don't know any better. So it's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like either way, we'll, we're kind of okay. You know, it's sad, I guess, from here, you know, but I, how much of that is ego? Like, why should it be sad? In this episode, Life After. Throughout the season, we've been looking at the concept that with each ending, there is a beginning. Everything has a life after. And in this final episode, we consider what happens after this life. Regardless of your personal beliefs, you've probably contemplated this question before. Reflecting on the impermanence of our human lives and yearning to continue to exist is a part of what makes us human. Now, we don't know what happens after we die. Nobody knows. Doctors, philosophers, poets, artists, people of all ages and backgrounds have spent time wondering, but no one can say for sure. According to the highly respected Tibetan Buddhist meditation teacher and author, Yonge Mingyo Rinpoche, death is simply a transition. And if there's one thing certain in life, it's transition. Here's an example he shares. 
a job and then somehow that job is uh, change or you want to change or the the company want you to change <laughs> well there's so many things can happen so when they change then we lost that job that is uh, one thing is dying actually but that change of that old job is opens a new opportunity actually so there's a rebirth then in between there there's a gap so what we call barto barto moment so barto meaning in between or intermediate state not just with the in between job in between our relationship in between our learning and in between our thought in between the emotion same thing we are changing in what we call impermanence and that also can go three lifetimes normally so from past life gone and then there's intermediate moment and then now we reborn this life or and eventually we will die again and we will reborn again so in the end what i call death is not the end so death is not the really what we think is death death is reborn nobody's ever dead poet marie how first probably nobody's ever dead i mean who knows what's going on but then you know we 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 remember our loved ones just we just be, i think that's why aging gets so much better because there's so many people inside us we don't have to just be ourselves anymore <laughs> i feel like i do i feel like so many of my friends are dead now really impossible to live without friends and now i don't have to live without them because they're with me but it it really is like it feels like that we just get peopled if we're lucky enough to keep going and carry them with us we already know there's so much we cannot even perceive that the insects perceive and the whales here you know and the elephants here we can't even know i certainly believe that there are, are lots of things that exist that we don't have any evidence for or against neuroscientist dr k tai not having evidence in existence in the afterlife doesn't mean that it it doesn't exist it's just that you know maybe we don't know what to measure or how to measure it or maybe it's not something that can be measured biological processes stop and you begin to decay and your ability to integrate sensory information into a centralized location and have a mind that has a subjective ego is going to be lost i think that you are going to continue to have an impact on the ecosystem around you and even you know far away and time and space the fact that your any any life that existed could have a massive impact on reverberating throughout the ecosystem surrounding it <clears throat> so i think that when you die the afterlife is going to look very different than the life as we know it i think the ways in which it's going to be different are almost inconceivable to us with the way that our brain forms our reality 
Um, but it is not impossible that there is another afterlife existence and that it is just a very different experience than the one that we have when we are living. We're always constantly dying to something, dying to old programs, concepts. Meditation teacher and author, Spring Washam. We grieve the part of ourself, you know, that person in that context, in that land, you know, and we have to let go of our attachment. We have to let go of fear and we have to take a bold leap. And, and there's sort of faith in that. There's trust in that. And so I believe that we are always in a phase, you know, if we're on the spiritual path and we're growing, you know, as we lose more and more parts of ourselves, I like to use that analogy, like cutting away parts, the deluded parts, the greedy parts, the hateful parts, right? Those energies are dying. And then what's born is, you know, something more compassionate, more present. And so I feel like, for me, this is a real constant state of consciousness, death and rebirth. So what we call death is not really death. Death is the evolving. Death is rebirth equal to, death is equal to alive. So from this aspect, the, the fundamental quality of mind is unborn. So how you can die? So death is just concept normally. So therefore, the fundamental never, never dies. Neuroscientist, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. I'm really curious about how I'm going to go. I'm really curious about what's going to get me. I'm really curious about how old I'm going to be. I, I mean, I think about it daily, seriously. I, I don't fear it. I'm excited for it. Because it's going to happen, <laughs> right? And I've lived such a fantastic life with such, you know, why wouldn't I? If I'm going to live each moment that I have this form with this level of excitement, why wouldn't I be excited about, well, how's it going to end, you know? And one of the, actually, one of the things I do with people is I take them to the gutter. People get so caught up in the, the drama and the trauma and the pain of everything. It's like, it's like, take yourself and, and envision yourself. You were just in a terrible car accident and now you are, you were thrown out of the car, you're lying in the gutter and your body feels like a ton of lead and you can't move and you actually feel blood dripping out of you. You're pouring out, you're in the gutter, you're at your death, this is it. And what do you think those moments will be like as you release the fear of whatever was out there? You're not thinking about the past or you're not thinking about the future. You're suddenly here in the present, in the experience of that moment of your own death. And to feel that sense of awe and gratitude that, oh my God, I was alive. And this is that moment of transition. How beautiful, well, how beautiful. To me, that's just an absolutely beautiful moment. When we die, all these mental imprints, all these perceptions, 
dissolve, dissolve into our original state, the luminous mind. And in the bardo, big bardo, they are beginning to manifest, wake up again, not fully wake up yet. So then if we bring awareness that time, recognize that time, we can become fully enlightened within few short period, period of time. So therefore what we call these Pardu teachings are really important that what we call hearing liberation. So that's the big Pardu. If you recognize the big Pardu, we become fully enlightened. Similarly in our life, in between the moment, as, as I mentioned before, plasticity stage. If you bring awareness there, if you recognize that, then we can grow, learn, transform easily. We go through so many changes every moment, every day. Some we're not aware of, like the changing of our cells, but some we just miss. And what some of our guests are describing is that awakened awareness, being present in that in-between moment. Dr. Lisa Miller speaks of something similar. Awakened attention allows us to engage and perceive the deeper unity and force in and through life. It takes us out of our ruminations. It takes us out of quick or careless interpretations of life into a deep appreciation. Because every bit of life counts. Every bit of life is dynamic and connected and full of spirit. It all counts. When awakened awareness is used and practiced, we literally strengthen the regions, thicken the cortex across the regions of the awakened brain. And awakening out then just gives you another opportunity, you know? It's like, oh, then we're spirit, you know, we're light. So I, I, I can't imagine trying to have all, you know, without having experienced it, it's all concepts, you know, of course, but I, I feel deep resonance with rebirth and that I've, we've all been here multiple times and we're back again. The school of life, you know, is in session again. And the more we learn, the more we don't repeat and the more we liberate. And, and so let's see, I'm here for the journey. I'm curious. In each episode, we invited one of our guests to reflect on an artwork in the Rubin Museum's collection for life after. Spring Washam looked at a folio from a manuscript of the liberation through hearing in the intermediate state, what is commonly known as the Tibetan Book of the Dead, or Bardo Thodrol. Buddhists believe that we enter the Bardo, the intermediate state, after we die and leave our body. In this state, some experience various visions and senses. The Bardo Thodrol teaches practitioners how to visualize and recognize these visions to liberate themselves from falling back into samsara, the endless cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. This is what Spring Washam saw in a folio illustrating some of these visions. What I see really is like the hero's journey. We're facing ourselves. There's a battle. <laughs> and then we have to slay the dragon. 
you know, we have to garner the courage. And it's our mythology in, in different ways, you know? And it, it, it's so beautiful. And I'll look even more closely. Yeah, we shoot in an arrow, we're dancing, we're on fire, you know? And then, and then we like, you know, we're transformed. It feels like we had a, had a battle in the first one. We're liberating something. Then we have the fire. And then we keep going. Then we're biting the head of the snake, you know? It's, this is real shamanic stuff here. This is Tantra. This is, you know, the path of, of fierce energy. This fierce energy is powerful. It may be our driving force. The thing that propels us forward. That energy can also be understood as one that simply transforms from one being to another, gets reborn, reincarnated. Artists and founders of the Chapel of Sacred Mirrors, Alison and Alex Gray, believe we evolve into a new life form. I tend to think that there is consciousness that that continues after we shed the container in which consciousness lives. I really believe that. I mean, I, I don't. I think that some people, you know, achieve rainbow body, and uh, you know, they, they, you know, they, and they turn into light and leave only their hair and teeth. But some some actually go through a hiatus, you know, a bardo period where. You know, they, they, I don't know, get oriented towards their non-physicality and are able to re-enter in another form. I firmly believe in, in a potential for reincarnation and that somehow this incarnating essence skips like a rock uh, over the pond to its next uh, touchdown incarnation you know, to be bounced back at some point to the universal mind lattice where, where the spool is, is uh, gathered around and, and you kind of get an essence or a taste of, of, of the wisdom of multiple lifetimes over millennia, you know, that as part of the evolution of, of the planet, you know, just a spirit stream, you know, that has the luck of getting a gander at it. Ultimately, however, what we come back to is the mystery. We don't know. What do you think happens after we die? I believe everything and I believe nothing. I believe we're reincarnated. I believe nothing happens. Artist, director and author, Chella Mann. And so I feel like I don't know what happens, but I don't think it's just darkness. I think there's something but I don't know what it is. Can I just be honest with you? I could say some smart shit. Like, I have no idea. I don't know that there is an after we die. Like, I don't, I, I don't know that there's an after death. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the person who's supposedly dying. Writer and professor Kiese Lehmann. But the real answer is I think that the world keeps moving and people keep grieving and mourning. That's the real answer. The world keeps moving and people keep grieving and mourning. For the person who's quote-unquote dead, I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> 
and I don't even care. Like, I love that I don't know. It's like the thing that you'll never know until it happens, right? Like, that's the one thing, like, can't nobody come back and tell you. It's entirely true. Imagine if you really did know for sure what happens or doesn't happen after you die. How would you live differently if one of life's greatest mysteries was revealed? Perhaps the magic of being alive would be diminished. But one day, all of this as we know it will end. And there may be more, and there may not be. We don't know. Writer and podcaster Nigel Poor is the co-creator and co-host of Ear Hustle, an award-winning podcast series out of San Quentin Prison. Growing up, I always had a strong faith. Not that I was particularly religious, but I really believe that there was an afterlife and it gave me a lot of comfort and it was probably pretty traditional in that you know I thought I'd get reunited with people and then I used to hope that there was reincarnation because I thought that would be fairer since some people seem to have such charmed lives and, and a lot of people have really difficult lives but as I've gotten older I'm really afraid that there's nothing that we just cease to be and that the only thing we can do is in our lives is to have good intentions that will live on after us and then someone else will share them and that's how we'll live on. I'm worried that this is it <laughs> and that we will be nothing forever after we leave this body. I'd love to be wrong. <laughs> I'd really love to be wrong, but I'm, I'm guessing that's what happens. But I do really believe that our intentions will live on, and that's the most we can hope for, and that gives me comfort. But I also agree with what does one little human like myself know about the greater complexities of the universe, <laughs> you know? Every action has an impact on the ecosystem that surrounds us, and that impact on the ecosystem is going to reverberate through the ecosystem and be manifested in a number of ways that we might not have imagined. And so your mark is left. But as comforting as knowing might be, not knowing may be even more liberating. Because we can allow ourselves to imagine. We can find comfort in the great mystery of it all, the magic of it all. And we can remember that it's not the big death that matters, but it's the daily rebirths, the way that our life may still persist in the memory of others, in an afterlife if you believe in one, or something else. The moment one thing ends and another begins, a thought, a feeling, a chapter of our lives, it's what we do with those changes, the decisions we make, the mark we leave, that really matters. That may be the true life after. Writer and editor Haley Naman. I do think that we leave something behind in terms of our 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 impact. And I don't mean like in a legacy sense, like will or will not your name be remembered, but in the sense that like how we behave and how we treat people and how we move through the world has a lasting impact. And I think it's it's good to keep that in mind when we're alive. Ultimately, that's the only thing we know we have. Just this moment. Just this breath. We're in a constant state of evolution from when we emerge out of the womb 
to when we stumble through learning, become entranced by our emotions, envision aspirations, grapple with morality, face conflict, and ultimately leave this world as we know it. Throughout, moment by moment, we die and are reborn. We die and we're reborn. And in each transition, we have a chance, a choice, a fleeting and potent in-between where we can be present and awake. Thank you for listening to Awaken. You just heard the voices of Alex and Alison Gray, Murray Howe, Casey Lehman, Jella Mann, Dr. Lisa Miller, Yonge Mingyur Rinpoche, Haley Naman, Nigel Poor, Sebene Selassie, Michelle T, Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, Dr. K Tai, Spring Washam, and me, Falu. To see the artworks discussed in this episode, go to rubinmuseum.org slash awakenpod. You can continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at rubinmuseum. And if you're enjoying the podcast, leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends. Awaken Season 3 is an eight-part series from the Rubin Museum. Come visit us in New York City or explore rubinmuseum.org to learn more about the museum and about art, cultures, and ideas from the Himalayan region. Awaken is produced by the Rubin Museum of Art with Jamie Lawyer, Sarah Zabrodsky, Christina Watson, Gracie Marota, and Tenzin Galek in collaboration with Soundmade Public, including Tanya Katanjian, Sarah Conlesk, Philip Wood, Alessandro Santoro, and Jeremiah Moore. Original music has been produced by Hannes Brown with additional music from Blue Dot Sessions. Awaken Season 3 and the exhibition Death is Not the End are supported by the E. Rhodes and Leona B. Carpenter Foundation, Ellen Bayard Whedon Foundation, Robert Lehman Foundation, and the Prospect Hill Foundation. The Rubin Museum's programs are made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of Governor Kathy Hochul and the New York State Legislature. Death is Not the End is supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you for listening.